Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan of Life Church St. Louis. And today we're beginning a new message series called Living Out God's Purpose. And in this series, we're going to be studying the book of Ephesians. Now, the theme of Ephesians is God's purpose for every believer and for the church. What really is God's purpose? Well, God's purpose is really God's plan for your life. First three chapters of Ephesians show us powerful principles about a believer's salvation. And the last three chapters contain practical instruction for living out those principles. Now, last Sunday, we studied in Acts chapter 2 how Jesus began to pour out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached a powerful message on that day, and that message culminated in his call for action in Acts 2.38, which says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so these instructions tell us of three essential experiences for every believer. First is salvation by faith alone. Second is believer's baptism, water baptism. And, and thirdly is spirit baptism. At the end of Peter's message, 3,000 people were saved, baptized in water and in the spirit. The church experienced exponential growth throughout the book of Acts. And yet, as we read church history over the next 300 years, the church became apostate. That is, it fell away from the truth. Salvation was taught as coming by good works, not by faith alone. Believers' baptism was replaced with infant baptism. And finally, spirit baptism was neither taught nor experienced, and so spiritual gifts died out. The falling away of the church led to the period of the Dark Ages for over 1,200 years. But God had a purpose. And God had a plan for his church, and he began to restore the truth. In 1517, Martin Luther rediscovered salvation by faith alone, and the Reformation began. In the 1700s, the Baptists rediscovered believers' baptism by immersion. And finally, in 1901, Spirit baptism was rediscovered in Topeka, Kansas, and it began to spread, and the Assemblies of God, the largest spiritual denomination, was founded in 1914. And so you and I are privileged to live in a wonderful time in history when New Testament Christianity has been and is being restored. And with the restoration of the threefold foundation of the church, just in the last century or so, we are on our way to fulfilling the Great Commission, spreading the gospel to every nation in the world through the power of the Spirit. And once the gospel is proclaimed to every nation, Jesus Christ will return. Exciting days that we're living in. Now, today's message is entitled, Find Blessing. We're going to learn about the importance of this threefold foundation that we just talked about, in the start of the church at Ephesus. And then we're going to learn more about the blessings that God has prepared for us as his children. So first of all, let's look a little more closely at understanding biblical foundations. Our story today begins with a preacher named Apollos, who was introduced to us in Acts chapter 18. Apollos went to the city of Ephesus and began to teach accurately, the scripture tells us, about Jesus, about his ministry, his death, his resurrection. However, scripture tells us that Apollos knew only about the baptism of John. 
Now, the baptism of John was a baptism for repentance, not a baptism for a believer in Jesus. And so two co-workers of Paul, Priscilla and Aquila, took Apollos' side and explained to him about water baptism in Jesus' name and spirit baptism. You see, Apollos did not have this important threefold foundation in his teaching or life. He only understood salvation by faith. And so our story continues in Acts chapter 19, which says, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Now, Apollos, after he taught in Ephesus, had left Ephesus and now Paul came to the same city, the city of Ephesus. He found some disciples of Jesus and he asked them a very interesting question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in Jesus? Now, as we're going to see, these disciples undoubtedly had been taught by Apollos and they had not been further instructed after Apollos learned more. And so they only understood salvation by faith in Jesus. Now, Paul must have sensed that something was missing in their lives. And so he asked the question. And the question of Paul indicates that he understood it was possible to believe and be saved, but not receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, not to receive the Holy Spirit or having been baptized in the Spirit. Now, the disciples replied they they'd not received no teaching on the Holy Spirit. So what did Paul do? Well, verse 3, and he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. And so now we see that these disciples had learned from Apollos about John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance from sin, and that was appropriate before Jesus' death and resurrection. John's baptism prepared people to believe in Jesus, as Paul explained to them. Now, these disciples had believed in Jesus from the teaching of Apollos, but Apollos had not taught them the next two steps as a disciple of Jesus. And as we see throughout the book of Acts, the apostles always made sure that every believer was also water and spirit baptized. And that's what happened. Verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now this verse makes it clear that these were indeed disciples of Jesus, as Paul would never have baptized someone who was not. They were water baptized by immersion, as the word baptism means to immerse in the Greek language. And now they had the first two foundation stones in place. And then Paul laid his hands on them and, and they prayed and the Holy Spirit came on them. In other words, they received the Spirit and were Spirit baptized. And what was the outward sign that they were Spirit baptized? Well, just as on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in unknown tongues and also prophesied. Tongues are speaking or praying in a language you've never learned. Prophecy is speaking a message from God in a language that you have learned. And so now these new disciples, these new Christians, had all three experiences, preparing them for God's plan and purpose for their lives. Salvation by faith alone, believer's water baptism, and spirit baptism. They understood and had experienced 
the biblical foundations for their lives. Now, in today's world, there are many different kinds of denominations. Some have none of these foundations in place. And if they don't have the foundation of salvation by faith alone, they're, they're really not Christian at all. Other denominations have one or two in place. And a few, like the Assemblies of God, have all three in place. Oftentimes people say that the only thing that is important is that a person is saved. But we see from our story today, that was not the attitude of Paul. In fact, in the Great Commission, Jesus commanded us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing believers, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And so Jesus himself makes it clear that believers need to be water baptized and to obey all of Jesus' commands. Jesus' commands including, include seeking spirit baptism. Why? To receive power to be his witnesses. Now, these three biblical foundations have two major applications for all of us. First of all, we need to make sure that we have these three foundations in place in our lives. God offers them freely as gifts of grace to each one of us. We need to receive and accept those gifts. Secondly, being a witness for Jesus involves not just getting people saved by faith alone. It also involves teaching people about the importance of water baptism, believer's baptism, and spirit baptism. Just as we saw Priscilla and Aquila helped Apollos, and we saw how Paul helped the disciples in Ephesus, that is our ministry as believers as well. God will help us to understand and tell others about these essential biblical foundations. Now, these disciples at Ephesus, having these three foundations in place, were now the nucleus for the founding of the church in Ephesus that uh, Paul founded. And with these foundations in place, believers can walk in God's blessing. Let's turn now to the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, beginning in verse 3. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians from house arrest in Rome about 10 years after he founded the church. And this letter is very encouraging. It's very uplifting, especially when we personalize it and apply it to our lives. Let's just personalize a line from Verse 3, we can say, God has blessed me. Or you can put your own name in there. God has blessed John. God has blessed Mary. Whatever your name is in Christ with every spiritual blessing. As a believer in Jesus, you have every spiritual blessing you could ever need in life. And as we go through Ephesians, we're going to learn more about those blessings. These blessings are something to thank God for, even as we learn more about them. Let's look at the first blessing that the scripture reveals to us in verse 4. It says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Did you know that God knew you, that knew that you would be his child before the world was created? Not only did God have you in his heart, he had a purpose for your life. And now we see the first purpose is that you would be holy and blameless. Now, how is it possible for sinners like each one of us to be holy and blameless? Well, in verse 7, it says, In him, 
In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. And so in Jesus we have redemption through his blood. Redemption means that Jesus purchased us from being slaves to sin and adopted us into his family as his children. All of our sins, all of our trespasses were forgiven through Jesus' death and resurrection. And how did it all happen? Through the riches of God's grace. That means we didn't earn God's forgiveness. By being good enough, by doing a lot of good works, God simply chose to offer forgiveness as a free gift to everyone who would believe in Jesus. Ephesians uh, verse 9, 1 verse 9 says, Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. God's will for our lives is, is a mystery, but the good news is that God makes known to us his will as we seek him. God's purpose for your life is that you would know his will and follow it. And each one of these verses can be, can be personalized so that you can be encouraged. You might even pray them back to God, saying something like this, God, I thank you that you are making known to me, might put your name in, known to John, known to Mary, the mystery of your will. And as I learn more of your will for my life, I commit myself to following that will. And as I follow your will, I expect, I look forward to walking in your blessing more and more. Now, the Bible teaches us that people can either walk in blessing or curse. We walk in blessing as we follow God's will for our lives. We walk in a curse when we are not following God's will for our lives. The path of blessing is called in Scripture the highway of holiness. And God has chosen you to walk on that path with Him. Now, how can each of us more consistently walk on the path of blessing? Well, I believe that we need to learn to speak and think in keeping with what God's Word says about us. The way that you think, the way that you speak, will dictate your actions and the degree of, of God's blessing. Let's, let's take verse 3 again and say it together. I have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. I have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And as you say it, don't just say the words, choose to believe it. Now, do we know what every spiritual blessing is? Well, no, it's beyond our imagination, but it's certainly something good that God is going to reveal to us, something that we can give thanks for. And what's the alternative? The alternative is to speak and to think the things the devil is tempting you with. And these are the exact opposite of the truths that are in the Bible. Satan will give you thoughts like, everything always goes wrong for me. Or I can't do anything right. Or why doesn't God answer my prayers? And so on. Reject those thoughts. They are going to lead you away from God, not closer to him. They are going to lead you on the path of a curse rather than the path of a blessing. Focus your mind on God's word and what he says about you and his blessing. And as your faith grows, you're going to walk more and more in those blessings in your life. Next, we need to learn to rejoice in the Holy Spirit. Paul goes on in verse 11 and says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. 
Now, in almost every verse we've looked at in Ephesians, we have the words in Christ or in him, speaking of in Christ. There's a profound mystery here that we as believers are spiritually in Christ. That is where we can find our blessings in Christ. That is where we find our inheritance from God in Christ. That is where we find all of these spiritual blessings in Christ. Our inheritance is found in the kingdom of God and that's going to last forever. Every believer has been predestined to receive that wonderful inheritance. Now, we do begin to receive some of that inheritance in this life, but we receive it in fullness in eternity. The sovereignty of God is shown in this verse as well. He works all things according to his will. Verse 13, in him, there it is again, in Christ. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And so verse 13 speaks of how a person is saved. We hear the gospel. We hear the word of truth. And we respond in faith by believing in Jesus. And when we do, God's word tells us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Paul's day, important documents were sealed with a wax upon which the owner's insignia was impressed generally with a ring. In the same way, the Holy Spirit comes to live within every believer. And the Spirit impresses himself into our lives, showing us or showing that he owns each and every one of us. We're no longer our own once we believe and now are in Christ. Verse 14 says, Who, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that our inheritance is coming in full. In other words, the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us guarantees that we will one day receive our complete inheritance. The scripture tells us that we cannot even imagine all the things that God has planned for us in eternity. That's our inheritance. It is so wonderful. And when we take possession of our inheritance completely, we're going to praise Jesus forever and forever. Of course, the biggest aspect of our inheritance is to simply be with him, to be with Jesus. And we should be filled with joy and thanksgiving for this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, oftentimes we speak of inviting Jesus into our hearts. And, and there is truth in that. And yet Jesus is really in heaven right now. Uh, that's where he is, ruling and reigning. He lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of every believer from the point at which they are saved. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our encourager. He's our intercessor. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit prays through us. The Holy Spirit reveals God's plan and purpose for our lives. And so as a believer, you are never alone. For the Holy Spirit is always right there. Now, having said that, we must be careful not to quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. Sin in our lives grieves the Holy Spirit. It damages our relationship with him. Sin in our lives makes it difficult for us to hear the Spirit whisper to us. He doesn't speak in a loud voice. He speaks in a quiet voice that we need to listen carefully to hear. But the good news is that Jesus had made a way for us 
to be forgiven. As we repent of our sins, he forgives and cleanses us. He restores our relationship with his spirit. And all the blessings that God has for us in Christ come to us through the Holy Spirit. May we learn to appreciate him and rejoice in his blessing. Now the church at Ephesus was built upon the threefold biblical foundation of salvation by faith alone, believers' water baptism, and spirit baptism. If you've never been water baptized by immersion since you believed, uh, you can sign up, let us know. Sign on your Connect card uh, if you're with us in person, or you can let us know if you're watching us online. Due to pandemic restrictions, we're most likely not going to be able to offer baptisms until things ease up later this year, but we can get you on the list. If you'd like more information on spirit baptism, I strongly encourage you to uh, pick up the book Power for Life. It's available free on Sunday mornings. You can, of course, order it from Amazon.com as well, Power for Life. God desires for you to walk in his blessing day in and day out, to have those foundation stones laid in your life. And then choose to walk in that blessing. We choose to believe God's word, what it says about us. We choose to obey God's instructions. As believers, we are in Christ and his spirit lives inside of us. We can and we, we should rejoice in the Holy Spirit each and every day, no matter what is going on around us. God has a plan and purpose for each day of your life. My prayer is that each one of us would grow and living out that purpose of blessing more and more. Now this morning, I, I want to give you an opportunity to repent, to become a follower of Jesus, to take that first step of faith. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I, we're going to take some time here to pray. I'd encourage you to pray with me and to be born again. To become a follower of Jesus, you need to re admit that you've sinned, turn away from that sin or repent. Believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead and commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord. So I'd encourage you to pray along with me right now. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been following my own path in life. I ask for you to forgive me. I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sins that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. I believe he rose from the dead and I commit myself to following him as my Lord and Savior. And let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for your word that teaches us how to live in your plan for our lives. We thank you for the, the foundations that you have offered freely to each and every person the foundation of faith in Jesus by faith alone, the foundation of believers' water baptism, the foundation of spirit baptism. We pray that each person here would experience each of these foundation stones in their life. And not only that, but teach others too as well. God, we want to walk in your blessing in our lives. We want to follow your instructions. We don't want to go, I'm going to do this and these things that you're telling me to do, I don't want to do. No, we want everything. We want every gift that you have for us, especially these 
foundational gifts of the Holy Spirit. God, today we choose, no matter what's going on around us, to rejoice in your Spirit. Your Spirit who makes known to us the mystery of your will. A Spirit who makes known to us your purpose for our lives. And so today we rejoice. And as we rejoice, we pray for peace in our nation. We pray for the gospel to go forth in a new and a fresh way. We pray, God, for your church to grow across our country. We pray for your kingdom to expand, not only in America, but around the world. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us. There should be a link below this video that you can connect by clicking it. We'll go pray for you, offer you some helpful materials. You can also find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are at 10 a.m. Our facility is at 15036 Clayton Road, Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. And of course, you can watch our messages online on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website. Uh, older messages are there as well. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at give.lcstl.org. And next Sunday, we're going to continue our message series, Live Out God's Purpose with the message, Love and Power, as we continue our study of the encouraging book of Ephesians. I invite you to join us then. Well, God bless and have a great week.